Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Welcome to the Luck on Sunday podcast, a weekly audio digest of all the best bits of Luck on Sunday, free to air every Sunday from nine o'clock that brings you the best guests and insight from around the racing world. So, as I've said, Ashim Murphy is in the studio with us, Maddie Playle as well. Welcome along both. Ashim, how's things? Very well, Tom. Good morning. Uh, take me through yesterday. What was it like being at Ascot? It was a lot of build-up to the big race. Yeah, uh, I thought it deserved it. It was a phenomenal field, full of stars, and um, it ended up being a race we could all savour. Yes. Um, do, do your horse, Doville Legend, I guess a bit disappointing on the face of it? Yeah, very disappointing. Uh, all the signs were positive leading into the race, and um, I, I think he's absolutely fine, but hopefully they can get him back on track next time. You asked it yesterday? I wasn't, sadly. I would have uh, loved to have been. What yeah. a race. Um, looking on from afar, it served up another cracker, didn't it? Although, I guess August Rodan was a notable disappointment. There were a few that ran a bit below par, but <coughs> those two served up a, a right battle. I think so, and it just shows how great it is when we get these older horses from these breeding giants staying mm. in training and how great that can be, you know. Um, Hookham continuing his own legacy now uh, after coming back from such a serious injury. Yeah. Um, great performance from all involved. Why do you think, both of you, that we had this such a good renewal of the race this year? Because it's not too long since we had four runner renewals, but still great horses in it. But there was some, there was a perfect storm to to give us, albeit Desert Crown didn't end up running, the the, the mix of ages and the real quality we wanted in the race. Yeah, I mean, on uh, if we go back a fortnight ago with. Um, at AR in the mix yeah. and Desert Crown uh, could have been an even better spectacle mm -hmm. but uh, we were definitely served up a race of the highest class yesterday. Uh, Hookham's obviously a six-year-old. Mm. Uh, the fact Jim Crowley said it yesterday that he's been kept in training, brought back from injury. Incredible training performance by Owen Burrows and Westover, again a four-year-old by Franco coming into the race off the back of a Group 1 victory in France. Uh, they both hit the line strongly carrying, you know, mammoth weight compared to the mm. three-year-olds. Uh, I thought they're two outstanding horses. Good old pile driver as well. He's yeah. also a, a six-year-old entire, so maybe this is a, an advantage of people liking cheap speed these days. It means we get to see the, the stayers stay around for a little bit longer, and he's only just come back from an injury himself. So It feels like we can't expect this year on year, though. It feels like that this was more of an anomaly year, fantastic as it was, but we can't get greedy and expect year on year to have, you know, 14 declarations for a King George, right? It'd be great if it could. I mean, we had Enable and Crystal Ocean and their magnificent battle, didn't we, a couple of years ago, but the strength in depth was really with this year's renewal. Um, a, a brilliant race it, it was. What, what was the sort of feeling about the winner there yesterday after the race, Ashim? Because um, 
I guess there was a lot of sort of outpouring towards Owen Burrows as well, who's done such a good job with this horse, and who, I mean, what a phenomenal day he had yesterday with Alf Layla as well. Yeah, look, firstly with Alf Layla, I thought it was a fantastic ride by Andre Azzini. We obviously had the news during the week that mm. um, he signed up to go to Hong Kong. What, what do you make of that? Well, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for him. Um, you know, the riding atmosphere there is really competitive. You ride twice a week. Uh, his weight is very good, and I think he's at the right stage of his life to really give it a good go and see how he gets on. Um, I just thought his, the fact he was the last one to challenge, mm. uh, he was really clever on the horse, got him to relax well, and uh, you know the line you could really see, um, his patience paid off. Going back to Owen Burroughs with Hookham, he had the perfect prep run at Sandown. Jim gave him a nice ride that day and he finished off strongly. They said yesterday they skipped the hard work on purpose. It's kind of hard, I think, with timing to uh, leave such a big gap between mm. two important races and they got it spot on. So fair play to own this team. And it was great that he, he won that race off the back of Sandown, where I still think there was an element of he was measured on the disappointment of Desert Crown, whereas yesterday was his... I know he won a Coronation Cup, but it really felt like that was all about Hookham yesterday. Um, Jim Crowley joins us on, on the line now to, to reflect on it. Um, Jim, how are you feeling? How was yesterday? Morning, Tom. Yeah, um, not too bad. Not too bad, thank you. Uh, just, just take me through the race then. Did, did everything unfold exactly as you wanted? Uh, yes, it did. Obviously, we, we had a kind draw in four and I was able to get a nice position uh, during the race. Um, I, I managed to follow pile driver and I, I, I just everything went smoothly. Um, obviously, then Westover sort of got first run on me because he came around me, but it just gave me something to aim at. And, and uh, in fact, like I said, in fairness to the second, he... He didn't go down without a fight. I thought I was going to pick him up and pull away, but he just kept coming back, and uh, I suppose that's what made it such a great race. Did you think, because I did watching, that he actually might get, might, might get the better of you and get back up? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, look, Huckham, he's an absolute fighter. He really does. He gives everything. Um, but at one stage, like I said, I'd gone a neck up and then he pulled it back to a head and I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> um, but like I said, both horses dug extremely deep. Um, it was just great to be a part of it all. I guess there was no doubting his, his stamina for a strongly run mile-and-a-half race. But did you, did you sort of reevaluate him after his win in the Brigadier Gerard and think, well, I can ride him for a bit more speed, perhaps, that I, I, I wasn't certain he had? Definitely. He, he, he'd never been a, a brilliant workhorse, actually, before. Um, it was always sort of quite laboured, his work. And this year, uh, he'd come back into training and he was working well. He was working with uh, Anne-Matt, who came out and won uh, Prix d'Ipsan in France over a mile and a quarter. Um, and he was working over him. So, you know, his work had been quite extraordinary by his standards this year. Um, and obviously... He went to Sandown. I think he had an engagement at Newbury, which he missed, and then he, we went to Sandown with him. Um, and what we thought, obviously, mile and a quarter would be a bit sharp for him, obviously taking on a derby winner, but it proved that day that he showed a turn of foot, um, and he'd it, it obviously got a bit quicker, and he seemed to have improved. Yeah, well, that, that, that would uh, appear to be the case. Um, 
Where does where does yesterday rank in the? I, I guess the the last sort of half a decade you've you've had in these colours have been absolutely phenomenal. Where does yesterday rank? Oh, I think it's right up there. I mean, it was a race that every, everybody going into the race who rode their horses thought they could win, um, had a chance, and like I said, to pull it off was fantastic. It was great for everybody at Shadwell, to, you know, obviously to keep this horse in training as well. Um, as I said yesterday, it would have been very easy to have retired him to stud after after his injury last year, winning at Epsom. So, in fairness, it was it was brilliant to get him back. Great training performance by Owen. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a very special day. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about Owen because Owen, who 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 is on the line and going to join us shortly, but he, I'm sure, um, won't blow his own trumpet because that's not the way of people. So, what what about this training performance to get a horse who's had that sort of injury back to to win a King George, seemingly better than ever? Oh, it's fantastic. Um, I thought I thought it was brilliant. It was a very brave move not to run him at Royal Ascot. Look, he, he was he was favourite for a Hardwick Stakes. And I think a lot of young trainers or trainers who would have been persuaded could have easily gone there um, and ran him. And he, he might have won, but he also could have left his race there. Um, and it was a bold move because let's say he ran out, he didn't run a good race, and you'd have people saying, well, we should have run him in the Hardwick. Um, so it was a good move, uh, a, a very level headed one. And, um, you know, Owen's brilliant to ride for, doesn't give me any instructions, just lets me get on with it. And, uh, you know, it's great. It's uh, he's, he's always a pleasure to ride for. Um, my my last question to you, Al Flayler, Mostadaf. I, I guess you know they're both in a Jubmont. Whether they're both going to go there, I, I don't know. But if you could sort of assess Al Flayler uh, as a horse you know well to to whether or not he could compete with a horse like Mostadaf, do you think he could get there? Well, he, he's certainly on the upward curve. Um, I thought yesterday he was another step forward. Um, like I thought, Andrea gave him a great ride. He's, he's, you know, he's taking leaps and bounds forward. He'll improve again. Obviously, that was his first run of the year. Um, yeah, it, it looks the obvious race for him now, and obviously we've got two, two very good horses for it. Um, but, yeah, it's very exciting to have these, these older horses now come into the fore. Jim, thanks for your time. Well done yesterday. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Jim Crowley. As I say, Owen Burrows joins us on the line. Um, Owen, huge well done yesterday between York and Ascot. Just on Hukum, was there ever a point in the build-up to the King George where you looked at the field and you thought, oh, we should have gone Hardwick? <laughs> Morning, Tom. Uh, no, to be honest, I was you know, very happy with where we were um, leading into the King George. Um, yeah, it, it, it was obviously the strongest race it, it's been for a good few years now. But, um, yeah, look, as, as Jim touched on, it's a pleasure to be part of it. And, you know, we were very happy with where we were. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it worked out well. Yeah, the picture we've got of you, Owen, you look an incredibly cool... I don't know if you can see it. You look like a very cool customer. Were you, were you calm yesterday? Uh, not really. I was, I was okay. I um, I didn't sleep much the night before. Um, you know, we we had a busy day, obviously, with uh, runner up at York and then two yesterday at Ascot. So it was an early start, and uh, yeah, I, you, know, you keep busy, so you know you don't don't have too much time to sit and think. But uh, yeah, as I say, I, you know, we we were very happy with where he was. So it was just a case of. Uh, you know, seeing it, seeing what sort of job he could do, and if he was good enough, you know. How 
close was Hukum to never racing again? Um, well, look, you know, obviously it was a serious enough injury, but it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't a career-ending injury. It was just that, obviously, he was a five-year-old. He just won a Group 1, and, you know, you automatically sort of think, well, that might be it. But, you know, such a sporting decision by Shaker Hissa to, you know, to give us another chance with him. Um, you know, and, and she's been fully vindicated, hasn't she? You know, he, he's come back better than ever this year for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, all, all credit to her. And same question, I, I guess, with, with Alf Layler off the back of that um, injury ahead of the, the Bahrain International Trophy. Did, did you always know you'd get him back? Yeah, again, it, you know, it wasn't a career-ending injury, but obviously when they do the, you know, the, he's, he's another one who's got a couple of screws in, in a front leg. And, um, you know, they, they have to, not only do they have to come back physically, but they have to come back mentally as well, you know. They want to, you know, we need them to still want it, you know. And it's amazing that both Huckham and Alf Layla have come back. And, you know, Jim touched on that Huckham is, you know, probably the toughest horse I'll ever have anything to do with, you know. Um, but credit to Alf Layla as well because, you know, he's obviously a couple of years younger, but his work had been good since we, you know, have had him back. And, uh, you know, again, he, he's got a very willing attitude. And as I say, not just physically, they need to do it mentally as well. Um, Judmont International all being well or not? So, look, we, we'll see how he is. Touch wood, they both seem fine this morning. Um, and, yeah, you know, I know obviously Shadwell have got Mostadaf, but just a, a very brief chat with Angus last night that, you know, that there's not that many races for this type of horse. So, look, we'll see how he is, um, you know, over the next week and, and then have a chat with chat with uh, Shaker Hisser and, and Angus and Richard and, and come up with a bit of a plan then. Uh, we're just watching the closing stages, and I'll keep you on the line, Owen, but just, just um, Asheen, you, you were very complimentary about that ride. Just... Just tell me what, what looks so good about it, do you think? Uh, well, firstly, I think uh, Andrea uh, went to Omborough Stable twice to sit on the horse, so um, he really uh, did his homework. Um, he allowed them to get racing in front of him, and um, he really balanced the horse and got him organised before he picked up his stick. And I thought under pressure, uh, his use of the whip was excellent. Um, in the last furlong, the horse switches back to his outside lead and uh, just gives him a little bit more energy, momentum uh, to pick up and, and hit the line best of all. Uh, he is an incredible rider anyway, like balance, and he's probably, for young people watching, he's someone you'd want to look like on a horse. We all can't look like that. Um, but, yeah, I just thought tactically he got it perfect. Where where did you have the horse yesterday on that reappearance, Owen? In what in what respect? Sorry. Well, sort so of obviously off the back of a, a bit of an absence. Did you feel you had him a hundred percent going into it? Did you not want to do too much with him at home going into it? No, look, he, you know, he 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 done plenty, and and again, we've had him for quite a while, so he's had a nice gradual, you know, uh, build up, um, and you know, weight wise, he was exactly where I wanted him. So yeah, I, I knew he was. He was pretty straight, you know. Um, obviously, you know, it's different. He's, he's won first time up as a two-year-old and as a three-year-old, but, you know, he's only winning a novice and, and winning a handicap. So to win a group two first time up is a little bit different. But, mm. yeah, I was pretty confident he, he was where I wanted him to be. Hi, Owen. Um, on Hookham, 
we're hearing a lot about how he's a faster horse this year. Obviously, given his fragility and his injury, I guess you wouldn't be wanting to run him on really quick ground. But how important is that in your thinking with him with future races, given that he's now showing us something new? Um, look, it's... Uh... You know, well documented that he probably prefers a bit of juice, and I, I think you know he's fine on sort of good to you know genuine good to firm. Um, but obviously, I wouldn't want to go on it too often, and hence why we we felt it wasn't worth the risk in the Hardwick because um, obviously the King George was his, was the main summer target, um, and and you know his next target really is the Ark. So. Uh, you know, all being well, we won't be worrying about fast ground out there. You know, hmm. plenty of juice in the ground. <laughs> You'd feel a bit hard done by if you got to the the first weekend in October and it was suddenly quick ground. It seems unlikely. I mean, the the streamlining of the the Shadwell operation. Um, I, I don't know what your feelings were when it was announced that was what was going to happen, but. You know, with horses in 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 the Shadwell colours and others, it, it seems as though you have really flourished. What do you put that down to? Look, you know, obviously, it, you know, it, we were streamlined down from sort of 60 to 70. And, you know, last year we only had sort of just over 30. But, um, you know, last year's good season attracted a few new owners and we've been sort of just over 50 this year. Um, yeah, I've got a wonderful team, a very experienced team as well, which, you know, it is, counts for counts for everything. Um, and, you know, very grateful for all the new owners who've come on board and, and hopefully yesterday might have attracted a few new ones. Uh, let's talk about Goodwood next week because um, that's what we're all looking forward to. Goodwood and Galway on Racing TV next week. Um, please say that Adam Waterworth and Ed Ark will join us on the line now to look ahead to the Qatar Goodwood Festival. Ed, Adam, welcome along. Uh, Adam, how are you, you fixed for five fantastic days next week? What, what's the sort of overall feeling of, of 48 hours out? It's always, I suppose, to be honest, most of us, I think, just want to get it on now. Um, we're ready. Uh, Ed, Ed will go into more on the course, but I'm looking at the course from where I'm sat at the moment, and it looks fantastic. There's always a few last-minute bits and pieces to be done, so there's a sort of hype of activity out there, as you would expect. But, um, I mean, on the whole, just can't wait. You know, once you get as far as the, the horses that we, we feel are going to be rocking up, are we, are we ticking all those boxes, Sussex-wise, Goodwood Cup-wise, Nassau-wise, you happy? I think so. I mean, I can't... Goodwood Cup looks a great race to me. Pass for a breezy, dry start to the day and then some light, drizzly rain this afternoon um, and probably into this evening, not huge total-wise. Uh, Monday, again, sort of a damp day. Tuesday looking bright and sunny to start with, but with the risk of a shower. But nothing uh, nothing significant before then, if the forecast is correct. It looks like throughout the week there will be rain. How much do you think we might get? Um, I think there's a bit about Tuesday night into Wednesday. The forecasters this morning said three to five millimetres. Um, and then a declining chance of showers through the week. Um, but if you catch a shower, it could be a sharp one. So I think we'll just have to wait and see. Um, hopefully I mean, enough to keep the irrigator in the shed. Well, that's why I was, that was going to be my next question. I mean, ultimately, you, you don't mind some, some spots of rain throughout the week, right? Because it keeps it naturally where it should be as opposed to you having to water. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, always much better than having to chuck some water at it overnight um, and also takes the pressure off the team a bit. 
um, you know, has really helped them certainly over the last uh, three weeks or so. Adam, as far as um, ticket sales goes and, and um, whether people can rock up and, and get tickets, that's that's always the way, isn't it? But a ticket sales at this point pretty good? Yeah, pretty pleased, to be honest. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody expected this year to be one where we were going to be breaking records, uh, but we'll sell out the Saturday. So if you do want to come on the Saturday, I'd say make sure you get your ticket through the week um, because the Saturday uh, always sells out. Friday's looking very busy as well, but but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, you will be able to rock up, as you say, and, and buy a ticket on the gate. But it's, you know, I, c I couldn't be more pleased really with the sale because, you know, we were, we were worried. Um, but actually, our, our pre-sale has held up pretty well. Uh, what worried sort of cost of living wise, whether people are, are going to be wanting to spend money going racing? Yeah, and just the general. You know, it, it, it does, it's been it's tough. You know, it, it, it's been it's been tough uh, throughout the year, and, and no tougher than we expected. But as you say, with cost of living and with uh, things the way they are at the moment, um, you know, we were we were expecting a tough year, and it's been tough to sell. But actually, the marketing team have done a great job. Uh, and as I said, we're in we're in a pretty good place going into the week. How was the the May meeting from that point of view? Uh, really strong, actually. May May the May meetings. I think runners helped. Uh, the weather was fantastic, and we had a good start to the season. So where we're sat at the moment, I'm you know I'm delighted with. But as you know, these next five days are these next five days are by far the most important week of the year for us. So at the end of the week, we'll know whether we're we're looking okay for the year or whether we've got a got a bit of a gap to fill. Mm. Um, Adam, great stuff. Uh, Ed, thanks ever so much for, for your time as well. And um, I look forward to that board being constantly updated, but maybe not too many sharp changes before now in race time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yes, Tom. Machine, how much do you look forward to Goodwood each year? Um, well, I love winning there. Uh, <laughs> I've been quite lucky. I've won the Sussex twice. Um, it is one of those tracks in big fields, so you can get hard luck stories. Yeah. And I've had many occasions where I've come in uh, when riding for Andrew and said, oh, sorry about that. Uh, was it, next was it race, same beat, again. Did you beat yourself up about Kamiko? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even in the less important races, um, Goodwood's a little bit like Ascot at this meeting. Uh, even the maidens and handicaps, <clears throat> although there's obviously no maidens at Royal Ascot, but particularly the handicaps, uh, they kind of all count as big races and um, everyone wants to win there. So there is a bit of pressure to get on the score sheet. What's the perfect way to ride the mile at Goodwood? There isn't because uh, you have a front runner at Johnson's that will keep going and um, you have one that can come from last. Uh, there are no rules. Uh, you just have to try and use your brain a little bit and trust your instinct and hopefully you make the right decisions. Mm. Let's have a look at some of the, the horses that you're, you're going to be riding then. Uh, this is Tuesday when the dealing's done. A, a Ray, Timetius Fox, Spanish Phoenix, Holden, Coltrane, Bloating Spirit, Crazy Luck. I guess Coltrane's the one to talk about there. Yeah, and Array. Um, Array is a son of Noné Never, and uh, he ran very well on debut at Newbury. We're pleased with him. He hasn't done any hard work at home, but uh, I'd hope he's come on from, um, from his first start. And the um, third horse won yesterday, didn't he? I didn't notice that, so thanks, Maddie. That's, uh, <laughs> Maddie, that's, that's, uh, that's really good uh, Really good to know. The um, Johnson Horton's horse, there we go. Uh, there you oh, go. good. Yeah. Uh, at Ascot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Coltrane, I'd expect uh, the Goodwood Cup to be 
maybe nine, ten runner field. Uh, interesting, Aiden has Adelaide River in there, who'd obviously be getting lumps of weight. When the entries first came out, uh, Gregory and Courage Monami were jocked up. Uh, now, Kieran Schumacher has come off Gregory, so um, it appears like Courage Monami will line up and be the sole runner for yeah. John Gosden in the race. Um, I'd love to reverse the form. Uh, I think Coltrane back at two miles is probably even more effective than he is o over two and a half. Uh, I thought at Ascot um, we went to really even pace and I got sucked into the race plenty early enough and I gave uh, Frankie a target. And it's quite rare that um, a jockey can change course completely, uh, almost have their momentum stopped change course and still pick up and win and uh, that's what Frankie managed to do on Courage Mon Ami and for me uh, analysing uh, that sort of manoeuvre I have to think um, you know that the breakdown of the race um, we really slowed down late on and um, and I'll have that in my mind uh, approaching Goodwood obviously until I see draw and everything else I'm not going to be overthinking tactics no. but um, I certainly uh, I certainly don't want to be Frankie's target uh, on Tuesday. Well, I was going to say, do you ride it differently? Oh, I don't know whether Coltrane affords you that opportunity to, to ride the race a bit colder, but do you ride it almost with a target on Frankie's back now and, and reverse the roles or not? Yeah, I, certainly I'll have that sort of thing in my mind. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if we were going quite slowly, um, I wouldn't be taking back just to get on the back of Frankie. Um, I would still, you know sit wherever I feel is comfortable but I I, I don't want to be um, I don't want to be Frankie's target from mm. two furlongs out uh, at Goodwood uh, Sussex Day then on Wednesday this is uh, Asheen's Lightly Rides Fox Journey White Moonlight Pru Assange Berkshire Shadow Flora Bermuda Queen Regent New Business uh, Fox Journey seems to be coming of age now yeah plenty to look forward to unfortunately I finished second to Fox Journey at Newbury on his last start uh, Jim Crowley rode him but um, he has a couple of options at Goodwood I'm not certain what Sir Michael's plans are uh, but hopefully he'll line up there is that the 11 furlong race uh, I think I it think, is yeah, yeah mile three so he's yeah, back from yeah. a mile and a half yeah Newbury um, Berkshire Shadow? Uh, Berkshire Shadow is a big price, but he ran a career best in the Queen Anne. Nostrum isn't chalked up. I think they were uh, considering exercising him this morning and making a, a plan from there. So uh, let's see if there's any news this afternoon on him. Uh, we're certain Paddington's going to line up in spiral. Uh, you know, even the two of them, they're outstanding horses. My other rides on the day, I'm looking forward to Queen Regent. She had a hike in the handicap uh, for running well in defeat last time at Wolverhampton. She went from 77 to 90. A daughter of Roaring Lion, I hope she's on the up. Pura Sang disappointed at Newmarket, ran too keen, but uh, coming back in trip might be a good idea with him. He was a breezer, he showed a lot of pace. Um, Flora of Bermuda hasn't won yet, but I should have won her at Beverly. She ran well in the Queen Mary, uh, kind of away from the main action and probably the wrong part of the track, although at the Royal Meeting, as each day unfolded, it seemed to be that you wanted to race in a different place. Um, but she has a number of options as well, but she's certainly very capable. So I have uh, lots of chances over the first two days. 
Um, I want to ask you about the, the Royal Meeting and Draw because you've just um, put a, a question in my head. But just on the Sussex, do you see that? I mean, whether if Nostrum rocks up, fantastic for the race and um, for us as fans. But do you think Paddington is the real deal and is going to be very difficult to beat over the mile? Yeah, uh, certainly this time of year the wait for age isn't as great, particularly over a mile. Uh, but he's still getting weight off in spiral. And I thought he was uh, fantastic um, in the eclipse. Emily Upjohn disappointed yesterday, but I thought she was at her best at Sandown. He's been incredibly effective over a mile in the past. The St. James's Palace, he put them to the sword. So uh, if I had a choice of rides in the race, I'd be siding with him. Thoughts? Yeah, he's just looked an outstanding three-year-old, hasn't he? And interesting that he's another by Siuni, who, yeah. you know, Coolmore are obviously now looking at their, their stallion options with Wooten Bassett and with him. They had St Mark's Basilica by him. Um, and now this horse, who is surely going to be um, a monster at stud and a really exciting prospect. I think this track will probably suit him, won't it? You know, downhill, emphasis on speed. We know he stays further, but he's got really good turn of foot, which is probably going to be what you want at this track, get him out of trouble if he finds himself in any pockets. Mm. Yeah, he, he, yeah he, he looks the one to be, even though at the start of the season um, we didn't necessarily think he'd be the, the, the best From player. handicaps. Yeah, exactly. Um, just on, on the Royal Meeting and draw and things like that, I, I don't know how much discussion goes on in the weighing room, Pro probably a lot, I guess, because we talk about it outside as to where you want to be. Um, is there always a view going into each and every race that you want to be one side or the other? Do you tend to not want to give anything away between your fellow riders and not talk about it a huge amount? No, I think uh, some weighing rooms differ to others, but um, in Britain we're pretty open about ideas and uh, you know everyone gets on quite well, and I mean that. So uh, there is always chat. Um, there are no rules, though. Like You might think you need to be drawn stand-side at Ascot, but if all the pace is low or middle, yeah. um, that won't be the case. So, uh, so yeah, um, it's actually interesting when you do clue into the chat between races or, or the morning um, discussion, um, because often it doesn't unfold the way you might think it will. Mm. I miss... I miss more cameras in the weighing room, which just feels like we used to have on TV I was going to say more. this, though. I really miss it. Did you see the video of... Um PJ McDonald on pile driver ah, that was giving Kevin Stott the uh, go on. Yeah. I love that. I mean, do you get that a lot in races? Did, yeah. you, did you see this on social media? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw it. Yeah, and I think it's um, quite good for racing as well to have that insight. I'm a big fan of the jockey cam. Um, I've been lucky that often when I wear it, they win. Uh, it didn't <laughs> happen yesterday. Um, and uh, yeah, anything like that uh, makes a sport a uh, little bit more interesting. Mm. Um, and I'm all for having cameras uh, in the weighing room and, you know, in inquiries. Uh, I think um, anything we can offer the, the racing fan that, that um, might offer that bit extra is good. Yeah, that was at Ascot on ITV, those scenes in the weighing room when you're... Uh, sorry, in the, in the steward's inquiry. They, that takes us to the heart of the action and it gives us so much more to talk about, be it the conversation between the riders or Ryan Moore having a kip at the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just makes it much more interesting to, 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 to be taken in there. I think the next step is actually being able to see what the riders are looking at when they are taking you through what's happened. Because we see now the riders 
you know, talking as sir, I did this, I did that. We yeah. then want to be able to see exactly what they're seeing. I don't know how possible that is. When the jockey comes around, I always think, and may, maybe there's some reasons why they can't do this, but I always want the video to carry on. You know, I want them to see them pull up and speak to the grooms and what do they say, or yeah. I want to see the chat between the trainer beforehand, or, you know, I'm sure in some cases there are probably some choice words that can't <laughs> be repeated, but... I almost want more behind the scenes and, and less of the, not less of, but as well as the actual race, because that's the sort of insight and the dynamics between different characters and the people and the relationships they have that I find entertaining anyway. Mm. Welcome back, Ashim Murphy, still alongside. Um, Ashim, great to have you You're back in the, the Luck on Sunday studio. How How's things? How is Ashim Murphy 2023 different to the Sheen Murphy that was well, certainly I spoke to a, a couple of years ago? Uh, well, I'm older. Um, I have a few more wrinkles. Uh, I had a fantastic start to the season, Tom, and I really worked hard uh, from probably last November um, getting fit and um, riding out, although even when I was off, I, I rode out and did a lot of show jumping um, and obviously watch racing. But uh, how was the weight in the time off? I got to 10 stone, so uh, you know I got heavy enough, but I didn't allow myself blow up to a point where um, I felt you know fat. Um, I'm 810 today, and I have been doing some quite light weight, so um, I've been you know really focused on diet and fitness. Um, but I've never worked harder in the mornings than I have this season and I've been rewarded by winning the Kipco 1000 guineas on Morge and winning the Commonwealth Cup on Shaquille and obviously the Belmont Oaks on Aspen Grove um, three weeks ago. Were you worried coming back, other than obviously the, the, the Qatar racing horses, were you worried about the outside opportunities you were or weren't going to get or not? <sighs> There's always self-doubt. I mean, even when you're... Um, riding at a very high level and riding winners every day um, you know you're not certain that uh, next week's going to be the same or um, you can never think too far ahead and you know we are really reliant on um, on good horses coming along and that's the same for trainers and jockeys I was fortunate that um, Andrew Boulding uh, really his support was um, was always very strong um, I wasn't, um, I wasn't worried that he wasn't going to use me. I wasn't certain that I was going to come in um, for all his good horses and uh, be first choice. But fortunately, um, apart from Chaldean or Caldine, um, I have been. And I'm really uh, incredibly grateful for those chances. It's a powerful stable. He was nearly champion trainer over the last couple of seasons and it is going to happen one day so um, to have that or those pool of horses to ride um, is massive. Mm. Um, on how you are riding at the moment is it do you feel you're riding as well as ever do you because I know how <laughs> self-critical you are and, and always have been um, w how do you assess how you're, you're going at the moment? Um, well I had one winner at Royal Ascot uh, the last time I rode there. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah, very, I mean, fantastic. Um, any Group 1 winner, but particularly the Commonwealth Cup, um, you know, is a, is a great feeling and, and the stuff of dreams. 
Um, but the last time I rode at Ascot, I was leading rider. I had six winners, and uh, this time round, I had six seconds. Mm. So, um, so you have to reflect on that and see if you could do things differently. Um, on reflection, you know, I didn't get stuck wide on any horses. Uh, even from tricky draws on the round course, I managed to find the rail um, or, or sit one off it. And um, you know, I, I'd love to have had a winner for Sheikh Fad. Um, that that really would have meant the world to me. His his family attend the races and um, Kipcore, an official partner of Ascot, so uh, it didn't happen. But he took it like the star he is, and um, we'll be back next year. His his support of you has been unwavering. Yeah. Um, the the operation is really branching out abroad, right? And and uh, you know Australia, America is at the forefront of of his mind and, and Qatar racing's mind. Well, the thing is with prize money, um, if, if the horses aren't going to be stallions, um, particularly the male horses, it makes sense to allow people to buy into them to race in other countries. And uh, that's what's happened, particularly with the horses going down under to Australia. Uh, partners have come in and bought percentages of them and they'll carry on their racing careers down there. And some of the horses in America can just run for much bigger pots in um, in maybe less competitive races mm. uh, over there. So, you know, it would be different if there were the next Roaring Lions or Camacos, um, if they were going to be, you know, superstars, but most horses aren't. And um, I can see Sheikh Fad's uh, thinking. And um, with regards to number of uh, young horses he has in training, uh, we're probably at 80 in Britain. Uh, 10 in France, 20 in Ireland. So um, in comparison to the last five years, that's, um, that's right up there with the most we've ever had. And uh, if some young horses that I like pop up in the mornings um, that can be bought, Sheikh Fad will stick his hand in his pocket and, and buy those horses to, to race in Britain. Mm. So, um, so I know there is some chat about um, how his support of British racing um, currently is, but I can assure you that uh, that he still wants to have um, big winners every day. Um, they're just hard to come by. Mm. Um, talk to me about being champion jockey again. Where? <laughs> what are your immediate thoughts on where you stand at the moment? Uh, my chance is probably gone. Um, I uh, fell foul of the Stuarts um, at Royal Ascot. I picked up uh, from the Monday to the Friday, I think, or even Thursday, I picked up 15 days worth of suspensions. So, Fairly? Um, yeah, I broke the whip rules accidentally. Uh, people will say, how can't you count? How come you could count in your 500 rides uh, from February 16 to mm. Ascot week um, and you couldn't count on Valiant King? Um, but unfortunately, uh, I had no idea that I went one over. Um, I didn't make a conscious decision to give him an extra smack um, to try and win the race. And that's where it, I found it quite frustrating. Um, but I just had to move on and um, try and move, use that time wisely, the, the two weeks off. So the other seven days were for careless riding. And um, I uh, was guilty of, of shifting into space. Uh, just to touch on that Baxter shadow, 
Um, I moved to half a horse with Intector Crouch, who was just falling back at the time. Um, but I was guilty of it. But it was accidental. Sure. Um, but but you accept that it, it was careless. And the other three days was for Valiant King. I I moved into Dan Muscat, who then moved into Holly Doyle. If Holly wasn't challenging, that wouldn't have been an issue. Mm -hmm. And the other two days was for Linkfield on a Monday. Um, an apprentice, Liam Wright, went to challenge up my inside, and there was horses challenging on the outside. So this is all very boring stuff. But when it adds up. It's an incredible amount of time. When, you're, when you want to re, re, well, regain your champion jockey the, title. The and jockey title, I missed the July Cup. I yeah. missed the winner of the July Cup for the third year in a row. Um, so, uh, so those things are really hard to swallow, but I'm big enough and old enough now. You know, missing 15 days is not like missing 14 months. Um, so uh, we just move on. So. Uh, I, I think you're you're about 16 behind in the in the championship. Surely it only takes William Buick to to fall foul of the the rules and get a certain amount of days. You have a good week. You're you're back in with it, or do you have you checked out of it? No, I'm still going to be riding, um, you know, as many races as I can, um, and trying to ride to the highest level I can. But William's been riding consistently. Uh, at a top level throughout the whole year uh, and for the however many years mm -hmm. um, and he's managed to stay out of the Stuarts room um, and you know the other guys that are in contention at the moment Holly and Tom um, they've managed to do the same thing. Do you, do you think that is now more than ever part of being a champion jockey is about you know riding as many of the, the fastest horses you can, but also staying out the stewards' room because of the length that the bands are now at the big meetings. Do you have to, does that have to be inbuilt within you now if you're going to be champion? He who has the least suspensions almost, if it's a battle at the top, or, or she, is, is, is more likely to come out on top at the end of the year? Well, I think statistically, um, uh, normally in July, I'll ride anywhere between 30 to 40 winners. And um, this July, I think I've ridden six in Britain. Um, we'll have to check that, but uh, that isn't good enough to be champion jockey, and um, I only have myself to blame for for putting myself in that position. If I had ridden um, to my normal level in July, then I'd be in front in the jockeys' championship. I remember speaking to you at the, uh, the the back end of the season when it was going down to the wire, and I remember reflecting on that and thinking when you were coming back this year well, surely he's not going to try and be champion jockey again because of the pressure it puts on you. But you were straight back in riding loads of horses. So do you feel you need that challenge? Or was there a part <laughs> of you coming back thinking, hey, do you know what? Let's just, let's just take it steady first year back. Um, no, there was no taking, ste taking it steady. Um, you know, I was very lucky that Hugo Palmer put me on Flaming Rib, um, one of the first big meetings back and he managed to win and George Bowie entrusted me with uh, top rides in Saudi Arabia and I didn't manage to win on them but um, that gave me the confidence to to really uh, believe in myself and um, and think uh, you know whatever happened over the past um, couple of years is behind me and mm. just look forward. Was there self-doubt coming back? Oh, absolutely. Because it doesn't, yeah, yeah. I, I, you don't yeah, strike yeah. me as that sort of person. You, you, you're very um, self-critical with your riding, mm. but I can't, I can't really imagine you coming back with, with any self-doubt about ability, if you like. Oh, no, no, there was um, plenty of it. Um, you know, will I 
will my instinct be the same um, decision making obviously I can't be as sharp uh, without race riding and without regular practice but will that sharpness that I thought I had um, come back you know there are some times um, when I'm riding like lots of winners maybe a treble on a Saturday and a, a treble again Sunday or I go through periods where um, I think I can win on anything but there are definitely periods where um, where I'm down at the start and uh, I'm thinking well, I'll give you an example Tom uh, you know when I went into the stalls on galley yesterday um, I wasn't uh, 100 percent sure of of um, how will I ride him and will that be the right thing and um, he but, ran but that's instinct right that that's where you've got to rely on no but instinct. sometimes uh, th that that thought process won't even come into my mind because I'm that full of confidence I mm. feel like it won't matter how I ride him and whatever decision I'll make will be the right one um, he ran away with me at ro the royal meeting the last thing um, you know, Saeed uh, or his team probably expected me to do was to lead, um, but they allow me to make any decision uh, that I feel fit. And um, when he came out of the gate, um, well, actually on the way to post, I got the feeling that he might settle in front. And when he came out of the gate and no one uh, was going forward on my inside and I knew I'd have to fight with him to get behind and get cover, I was happy to lean a little left, allow him to prick his ears, and control the race and um, you know that's all uh, quite um, quite serious thinking for a handicap um, but that is my thought process. Okay so Shaquille would be uh, I'm interested in in what was the better ride from your point of view sorry to bang on about missing the July <laughs> Cup but the July Cup winning ride or your winning ride at Ascot what, what, what do you think if you can you know sort of separate yourself from the two because they were, they were quite different given how you approached the race at Ascot, really let him come into the race where he was in front much longer in the July Cup. What, what, what do you think was the better ride? Um, oh, You're I not going to say but, yourself, um, are you? But, but they, were, they were very different rides, but they were, I thought they both in equal measure, they were brilliant for, for different reasons. Yeah, uh, firstly, I suppose I felt very privileged to get on the horse. You know, um, he is practically unbeaten, apart from blowing out... Um, uh, in the Acom as a two-year-old over seven furlongs, uh, you know he he's been foot perfect. And um, when he reared up in the stalls and missed it a couple of lengths, uh, my hand was forced to just gradually creep forward and get onto the back of the field. And um, of course, I, I know from experience at Ascot that if I made a move um, from halfway. Uh, it would have been very difficult to mm. win, you know, um, because you're climbing all the time. And, um, yeah, I, I just tried to time it properly. And even approaching the furlong pole, um, I didn't panic and pick my stick up and say, giddy up. I, I allowed him to gradually um, get to the front. And but did, did you get off and think that was good? No, no. Uh, you, you must have known that you were going to get a lot of plaudits for it, given how it panned out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's always very nice. But, um, you know, remember, it's the end of the week or towards the end of the week. And I had hit the crossbar plenty before it. So um, I was just very grateful to, to partner a horse of that class. You know, he's, it's good as well because he's a homebred. He's out of a Galileo mare by charm spirit. He's going to be a stallion. So, um, 
you know, I I love riding um, those sort of quality animals. It seems the other um, notable difference, I think, um, with you persona-wise now, it feels like you're doing, or certainly were when you came back, a little bit less media, a little bit less social media. Has that been a conscious decision? Uh, a little bit, perhaps, but um, but I don't feel like I'm probably not um, as uh, as um, outgoing maybe as I once was. Um, I'm very happy uh, <coughs> sitting at home um, with my partner uh, Lizzie um, and um, you know having a chilled evening. Whereas uh, in the past. Um, I maybe had in my mind that life is short and I really need to maximise, or we as people should maximise our time on earth. And um, uh, now I'm more chilled. Um, I mean, I, I mean that because uh, I'm 27, rising 28, but I know that my riding career um, could be stopped short at any time. And, um, you know, we have to... Um, value each day it, it sounds like um it sounds like you feel now or you realize now you're you're fallible you're not invincible absolutely and, and maybe you've taken that into account and that is how you're approaching riding and life now in comparison to say a few years ago yeah absolutely i i really missed race riding when i wasn't able to and um and I had to take stock of that. And I obviously enjoyed show jumping. <clears throat> I was very lucky to still ride out for uh, lots of the trainers I normally ride for, from, from Andrew to Michael Bell to Ed Walker, Archie Watson, uh, Said Bin Sarur, um, everyone really, John Gosden. Um, everyone welcomed me in. Um, Rafe Beckett, um, although he hasn't given me any rides. Uh, um, and. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, they welcomed me, and I suppose I I was lucky to be part of that. But it was hard watching it in the stands. Tom, is is I bet it was. Is the show jumping a hobby, or is it a bit more serious than that? Uh, it's my riding part of it is a hobby, although I want to ride well. Um, but my ownership uh, is a little bit of an investment idea. Uh, I'm fortunate that Richard Howley. Um, rides my horses. He's uh, one of the best riders in the world. He's probably ranked in the top 150 at the moment, uh, but he's a kind of trading stable, um, just because financially that's how he makes it work. Ireland have a number of uh, fantastic riders at the moment, young and old, and the Aga Khan at Dublin Horse Show is coming up, and I hope um, we'll be in a prime position um, to try and lift that trophy. Where, where does that passion come from then? Is it just the horse or, we, we, I don't know about you growing up, was, yeah. was show jumping on your agenda? Or well, not? I was lucky that my mom and dad drove me around the country uh, jumping ponies as a right. child. And uh, I read books and wrote to the army accreditation school when I was very small. And um, all the guys that I idolized, uh, uh, Marcus Aining and Billy Toomey, uh, Michael Whitaker, these guys I get to sit and have dinner with now at shows. So, um, so uh, I kind of have to pinch myself sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I love jumping and the trading point of view interests me. Actually, a, a little bit in racing as well. Um, 
but certainly in show jumping. Mm. It is extraordinary to think just how long you've been riding and yet yeah. you're only 27. May 2013. Like, that's a proper... Uh, and and I, I know that a lot of people have been running for that long, but you have been at the top of the sport or in the public eye or, and, 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 and really immersed in the sport for such a long time, bursting onto the scene and then trying to maintain that. Yeah, I rode in the Epsom Derby in, in 2014 uh, for Ed Dunlop. What was the horse? Red Galileo. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, when people ask me, do I get nervous before Group 1s, the honest answer is no, because uh, I've been getting beaten in them um, from such a young age uh, or, or really dreaming about winning and it not happening. So... Mm. Um, so no time, the time's absolutely flown by uh, and um, I really savour the, the big race victories. It meant a lot winning the Belmont Oaks uh, three weeks ago um, out there for Fozzie Stack and the horse was prepared by, um, by my friend Mark Enright who's just stopped riding and he, um, he told me she'd win and the way she travelled uh, through the race, it was never in doubt. So th those sort of wins are, are really fantastic. The, the, the white blaze coming through the middle, right? Yeah, the, the my saddle uh, is in the perfect position here, but late on, um, I'm quite happy with how I look uh, at this point, but late on towards the line, I look a little bit more agricultural and um, my saddle just slips back. Uh, I would never pick up on that. What, you can what see you here, um, uh, just crossing nothing, the line, my lower changed, leg. Uh, my lower leg is like back behind me, and um, and uh, yeah, the saddle just slips kind of a little bit further back than uh, ideal. Wait, sorry, is that you doing that? Uh, no, when you it, say the saddle's come, but so, okay, so that's the saddle move slightly, which affected yes, yes, your position. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. But she's a daughter of Justify, who is all the rave at the moment. Obviously, City of Troy. Yeah. Uh, bolted up at Newmarket and. Um, you know that Scat Daddy line is is becoming very influential uh, in in world racing uh, through No Name Ever and now this guy. Um, do you is is he just going to win the Guineas next year? Do you think, or is it a bit early to say? Uh, I was very impressed with uh, Richard Hannan's horse yesterday, uh -huh. Rosalion. Uh, I um, I was blown away by him really. Um, I think uh, Age of Wisdom is a good yardstick as well. The Charlie Appleby horse in third. Albeit um, he might be physically immature and be a horse that we'll see in a much better light in a couple of months' time, but um, I, I thought it was a strong renewal of the race. Uh, I want to ask you about Sunway, who you rode, uh, which I, I, I missed you riding because I was in here, obviously not covering it, but I was blown away by him at Sandown. Didn't work out yesterday. No. Uh, all the signs were positive. I'd sat on him at home in between races, and um, you know sometimes horses aren't machines and they underperform, and uh, that's certainly the case for him. He seems healthy, and um, hopefully he'll bounce back. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 nice having you in here because you, genuinely you're inc incredibly easy to to get words out of and speak to. <laughs> like I feel like you could just be thrown anything and you like do you enjoy this side of it or not not as much as you used to or well um uh i i love racing and i love the pedigree side of it and um i think deeply about uh how races unfold and maybe uh 
how how they're going to unfold and um you know if we just look at Sunway he's a full brother to Sealaway yeah. um the way he felt before his debut and during his first start it was a no-brainer for Qatar Racing to try and buy into him and um I'm not disheartened um with yesterday's performance, I think. Did he feel different? Uh, so, I mean, in the build-up to the race, obviously during the race, yes, but... Um, no, he, he just felt like a horse that was very professional and um, and uh, was kind of everything I'd hoped he would be. Um, but, yeah, the likes of him, I think, will bounce back. And, um, you know, there are lots of horses um, that I'll sit on in the morning and think, not think they're... They're nice horses without being superstars, and then every now and then um, you sit on one that is a little bit different level. And he he was one of those. Initially. Uh, close to it anyway, you know. Um, uh, I'll give you an, a few examples, but Ben Battle, when I rode him uh, after his first start at Doncaster, um, I thought he was very good. Um, Cameco, you know, th those sort of animals, alcohol free. Uh, that um, any we haven't seen yet. Uh, <laughs> any that you sat on and gone when they come out, they're going to be very smart. Yeah, but we won't jinx them, Tom. It's, That's very it's not good really idea. fair. Uh, but I, I will say, having the the backing of um, of the Judmont horses in Andrew Bowling stable is uh, yeah. is really um, very special and something that. Uh, that um, I, I'm very proud to be associated with, and um, I know Andrew is is like um, very grateful to mm. Barry Mann and and everyone in that judgment management. Great stuff, and not riding today, so you can you can you can get you could probably get three or four episodes of a session later on. Yeah, I'd prefer to be riding today. Yeah, uh, important Group One in France. Uh, I'd be delighted if my friend. Rob Hornby wins, uh, wins on Ramaki. Mm, I hear you. Asheen, thanks ever so, ever so much for your time. Thank you, Tom. Asheen uh, Murphy uh, with us throughout the morning. We'll say goodbye to him, and uh, Maddie will be back in soon enough. We'll take a pause. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiworld Dubai. Want to know what's coming up on Racing TV? Keep up with the latest action or have your say on the big news stories. Are you interested in extra features, competitions and replays of great races from the past? Racing TV's social media channels are always at your fingertips. Watch the day's big races again and join the debate with others. Read tips from the experts and catch up on the breaking news from the Racing TV website. Enjoy highlights from the channel and the expert insight that you might have missed. Racing TV's social channels already have over half a million followers, keeping themselves in the know every day with updates around the clock. Wherever you are in the world, you can stay ahead of the pack by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Join them now by following Racing TV on social media today. Hello everybody. Do you think you could make it as a racing TV expert? Could you be the next Nick Luck, Lydia Hislop? 
or Martin Dixon. Well, now is your chance to showcase your abilities to us. Have you got an in-depth knowledge of the form book? Can you analyze a horse race? And have you got a sparkling personality to boot? If you have, then the Tipstar competition is for you. This is a fantastic opportunity for you to get involved in the racing media. Go to racingtv.com forward slash tipstar 2023. Get involved. You're a member of our club, so make the most of your Racing TV membership with a range of exciting options for your Racing TV club days. As well as your favourite club days every month of the year, members can also take advantage of the weekend ticket with over 30 free weekend fixtures. That means you can access over 70 free fixtures in the UK and Ireland, worth over £3,500. The weekend ticket gives more of you the opportunity to take advantage of a free day at the races. We still have our great midweek club days and of course there's a September season ticket at all of our Scottish tracks. It's easy to get your tickets. Just visit racingtv.com forward slash club and choose your date. You will then be emailed five days before the event. Bring along your Racing TV badge and you're ready to enjoy your day at the races. There's a full list of fixtures at racingtv.com forward slash club. So be part of the biggest free racing club in the world with Racing TV. As a member of Racing TV, you get access to dedicated live racecourse feeds through Racing TV Extra. All you need to do is log in with your Racing TV username and password. Racing TV Extra puts you in control so you can focus on the races or meetings that matter to you. If watching on a desktop, tablet or Apple TV, you can select from one to four live screens. On mobile phones and Amazon Fire TV, single screen options are available. Never miss a moment of action with Racing TV Extra at racingtv.com. towards the Racing Break customers for the Dubai World Cup. See you exclusively for a Dubai World Cup party. So you love racing and you want to own a racehorse. At My Racehorse, you can do that for a one-time payment of under £50. Yes, you heard that correctly. For less than a price of an afternoon at the races, you can experience the thrill of real racehorse ownership. You'll get exclusive perks, including race day tickets and detailed analysis and insights from trainers and jockeys. At My Racehorse, you'll get all the benefits of racehorse ownership at a fraction of the cost. Join more than 50,000 owners around the world today. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiworld Dubai. Uh, Matty Pell is back in and delighted to say that we've been joined by a couple of Magnolia Cup riders, one from last year, Ashley Wichard and Caroline Miller, who is riding in the race this year. Welcome along, both of you. The thing you both have in common 
is you I've just realized you both ridden dark shot in the race and you Caroline were responsible for getting the horse perfectly ready for Ashley to win on last year so <laughs> Which well I'm done. very grateful for. yeah yeah all credit all credit goes yeah. to all credit goes to her um, what's it like then what's what's riding in the Magnolia Cup like Caroline um, thrilling um, it's incredibly exciting the whole event is just splendid um, and riding at Goodwood is just the most amazing experience ever most fabulous course in the world and uh, with all the people and the finery and just the excitement of it and uh, it's very humbling I must admit. Why Ashley are you not doing it again? You're, 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 you're bowing out with your 100% record. Yeah I've got a, um, a good strike rate so <laughs> <laughs> I think if I hadn't won it I, I would think of doing it again but I'm, I'm happy with with my achievements to date. So. Did, did you love everything about it from start to finish? Yeah, I just the whole experience, the training that went into it on the day, all the nice little touches, the the, uh, the presence in the in the room. Um, oh look, you got a full race replay. <laughs> Where are you? In the middle, <laughs> going straight to the front on the right hand side. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, you'd obviously walk the track and knew where you wanted to be. Yeah. What um, are you looking around for? Um, traffic. <laughs> I didn't have I, is indicators. This right? Is this right? Yeah, I just, I, I didn't want to, um, I was very mindful that there are people in the race that are not um, used to riding racehorses, and so I didn't want to cut anybody up or any, you know, I mean, watch other races, I just... Now, you are used, you, you are used to riding racehorses. Yeah. Um, did you feel that gave you, I'm not, not talking about an edge winning-wise, but experience-wise, do you feel that that made it a little bit easier for you? Yeah, I, I definitely think it was an advantage. I, I don't necessarily think that um, style and position and all the rest of it is a strong point of mine, but um, I'm, com I'm comfortable on a horse. So, yeah. yeah, that I think was an advantage. But I think it's really good that work riders are taking part in the race because it offers an element of safety. You've got people that have a little bit more experience in the race that are able to give a bit of advice and look out for the people that aren't necessarily as experienced. Um, it feels like there's such a, a sort of team environment between all the riders, Caroline. Um, I know there's a winner on, on, on the day each and every year, but it, 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 you know, last year, for example, it felt like everyone was just delighted for Ashley and, and delighted for everyone who took part. Exactly that. I mean, you were all going through the same process, and I think that bonds you together hugely, especially doing the test, uh, the um, assessment and the jockey, the jockey test. Um, we all going through exactly the same process. What, however we ride, whatever abilities we have or whatever experience we've had, we're all going through the same process, and it, it really does bond you. And you know, it's like one for one, and all for you know. What is it? The three all must for, all for one, all yeah, for one, one and for one all, for yeah. all. And um, that's how you feel. So you're really thrilled um, that whoever wins, you're very pleased for them, really pleased because you're a unit. You mm. really are. It's great. What's made you want to come back? And do it again at the age of seventy-two. Uh, yeah, well, yes. I mean, do you know? It's, I it's feel like nothing. it's important <laughs> enough to say. I've got it written down in front of me here. I'm like twenty-one for your notes. Right? Yeah, 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 of course you are. But I feel like that's an important part of it to say to get it out there. That, that you know, that's that's for me is quite incredible to 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 for you to be doing that. Well, it's not really. It's only because I I. I love riding. I love horses. I love racehorses. And 
it's not really for any other reason. I mean, it's crazy. I'm very, very lucky in, in how I am and, and that I'm fit and well and healthy and I can do this. Mm. Um, yes, if I can inspire anybody else or get anybody else who can, you know, you, you can always do more than what you, what you think you can do. You really do. It's extraordinary. I never thought I could do the four-minute plank and, and all these things. Um, so it is the it's the sort of determination and dedication to, to horses that I absolutely have right deep inside, and that's mm. why I'm doing it. Really, it's, it's a wonderful experience just riding these horses, let alone in a race. I, I love every minute. Can <laughs> you do a four-minute plank, Maddie? No. No. Gosh, no. A couple of years ago, I was saying to the girls outside that... Uh, there was the opportunity for a racing post representative in the Magnolia Cup, and thankfully, Kitty Trice <laughs> yeah, took of course. the mantle. Yeah. Because I said, oh, well, if no one else does it, then maybe I'll consider. Uh, and as soon as seeing the work that Kitty had to do um, and you know all the experience she had, I would have been absolutely hopeless. So you know, hats off to w would you the would girls you do, who do it. would you do it or would you do something like it? I'm t I don't have the nerve. I don't have the bottle. If I could build up confidence slowly, one day maybe I'll give give something a go. But uh, yeah, I think you can't underplay that. And like speaking to to Caroline during the week, I mean, it was just it made my week because it was just it was just great fun and so inspiring to hear her story and you know just love for horses in its purest form and and you know we're joking and you saying about being 72 and stuff and i mentioned it to caroline she said oh it's not that important is it really doesn't matter and i think that's just a, a great attitude to have yeah, uh, your your passion for horses is in rehoming as well and lo looking after the the thoroughbred after their racing career yes indeed definitely because you know what does happen to um, some of the horses they're still absolutely fantastic they may just go off racing but they're they're fit and well and and you know if they're not going to win a race what what can you do with them but mm. you can do an awful lot um and there's a wonderful are retraining of racehorses and now they've developed a lot more classes for ex racehorses to form into a riding horse um some can go eventing or hunting or um do charity you can do a lot of charity races uh, not races charity rides yeah. I did with Breezer. I, I was given a, uh, an ex-race horse um, and uh, retrained him. And what was that process like? Was it difficult? Um, uh, it was. It was wonderful. The whole experience was great. You're getting to know them. You're getting to know the thoroughbred um, and change their lives completely from being in a very busy um, uh, professional yard with a routine, a very strict routine. And just to be relaxed and in a field and then be taken out for a ride every now and again. But you, they're still a racehorse, mm. yes. And it was, it was very interesting. Um, uh, and he developed fantastically. And he's still, he's still an amazing horse and very fit and well. How old is he? 23. Oh, fab. I've just, stopped, just about stopped riding him, but he's, he's absolutely fantastic. He had a big racing career with Toby Balding. Mm. And, um, it's been a fabulous uh, looking after him, still is. So, um, I feel like just just on that subject, we are as an industry, we're we're finally getting there with the post racing career side as as part of the um, Life Well Live strategy. Um, the Horse Welfare Board and, and the BHA together are doing a huge amount now. Um, regards tracking every single horse through to end of career and the first port of call thereafter, and every um, in association, I think with with ROR, every horse is 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 given a chance at a new career if, if, a, if a, ha a home can't be 
can't be found for them. I suppose it's not, as you say, it's not always easy because all thoroughbreds are, are different. Um, you, you will have experience of, of actually many different types of, of thoroughbred and they all have their own little quirks. But I think it's good that we are, we're, we're really seeing that through to after racing care is, is so important and so important for how we sell the sport. There's lots of, um, there's lots of people taking on racehorses for um, retraining. Um, we've had quite a few come out of Neil's yard that are just doing so well and they're all being advertised on Facebook to different people and they're just going to a brilliant homes. So it's a credit to the, the work that happens on the racing yards. But then again, when they go on to the, to the pre, uh, post training mm. uh, yards as well. If anyone's watching that, that is thinking, oh, I couldn't take a thoroughbred. Do, do you think that, what, what would you say, Caroline? Well, it's really bad that people have such sort of discrimination with, with the thoroughbred. It's a fantastic horse. It really is. Um, and they have been, in fact, when they've had a racing career, they've been very, very well trained. Mm. All the grooms and everybody handling them are very strict. They, they're, they're, they're very, very well behaved, in fact. They really are. Um, and it's it's an awful shame there's a sort of blemish on it that it shouldn't be mm -hmm. because they are horses um and they're they're a particular breed but they can they they make wonderful wonderful um uh horses for just general hacking or just whatever you want to do they you can do it it's a horse mm -hmm. you know it's still a horse i think i actually learned to ride on a thoroughbred mm -hmm. which you know if you can put children upon horses i mean obviously they're not all going to take to that really well but it just shows that like you say there are some negative connotations you know people may be thinking oh they're dangerous or highly strung and you know the one that taught me to ride when I was about that big was like my best friend and, and as chilled as anything so you've got to do a Magnolia Cup this is oh this god is not, no please don't you can ride. start down this <laughs> we should be adding your name to 2024 already Maddie um, we can have a look at the the, the 2023 riders and and their respective buyers so who's going to be lining up um, this is the field first of all, so tell us about your ride, Caroline. Um, storming in, he's a, a fabulous horse. He's a lovely, big, grey, strong horse. Um, I've ridden him quite a bit. Um, he's, he looks after you, he's, he's got some speed, he's got um, determination, and he's done very well this year, in fact. Um, there, is, there is a bit about you. Really hammering home the age, Caroline, apologies. <laughs> Um, a strong supporter of rehabbing of racehorses, <laughs> Dr. Laura Tugood's a... I mean, there's all sorts of different people, aren't they? Um, you've got uh, Eliza McCormick, work rider for, for George Scott, all the way down to um, journalist in there, um, civil servant, Na naval reserve officer um, for Malika Dusanovi. Sorry, Malika, if I've not said that quite correct. What, what, what's the team like? Really nice, really, really nice. And I think... As I say, there is such a bond with all of us, um, and because of this this process that we're going through, we all feel nervous, we're all anxious, we're all wondering how it's all going to go, but um, they're very, very nice girls, really nice and accomplished riders, and let's hope that it, it will make a fantastic race. Personally for you, um, Ashley, has it been a bit of a, a launch pad into something different, do you feel? You're obviously now with us at, at Racing TV, um, which I know has been a, 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 a great, uh, well, I think it's been a good fun experience for it's, you. Maybe I'm speaking for you. It's been an education. Been <laughs> yeah. um, but tell us about what's happened since the Magnolia Cup win. 
So, I, off the back of the Magnolia Cup, I was nominated for two Horse and Hound Awards. One was Inspiration of the Year, the other was for Moment of the Year. Um, from that, uh, uh, sorry, experience, I then realised Tommy Hilfiger Equestrian was a thing, which I didn't realise. Um, so I looked into them and reached out and asked if they wanted an, a new ambassador, um, which they said yes to. So I went to Holland and did a spring-summer campaign for them. Which Great was, shout. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just one of those things, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, so yeah quite just, right. Um, so, yeah, that I did that. And then Racing Media Academy was just one of the best experiences because I just, well, we all, I think it was the 13 of us, learnt almost everything to do with the media side of it. Um, this has really taken off, so the last few years. Tell yeah. us a bit about the Racing Media Academy. It's, so it's, it's for people that might not otherwise get the opportunity or get an in into racing because I think it's quite niche. People think that you have to be clued up on horses to work in racing, and actually you don't you, if you've got really good camera skills or communication skills. It's just there's something for everybody, and it was a really good opportunity to showcase all the different um, job roles within the industry. And you get a placement at lots of different... There's, there's lots of different areas you can get a placement. I had the best placement, placement. You, yes, <laughs> racing TV. Yeah, yeah. you, 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 um, you obviously turned down the Nick Luck Daily placement, which is absolutely... <laughs> um, but there is, there's Nick Luck Daily, there's, uh, there's Racing TV, there's Sky Sports Racing, there's yeah. Racing Post, Equan there's Equine Productions. Yeah, there was loads, loads. Um, and it, it was... Um, and we did... Uh, most of it at the British Racing School as well, mm. so we stayed there and just had the, the best time. What has, what has been the um, most interesting thing you've learnt about? About the... Uh, it, it, at Racing TV. Have you been surprised at anything and thought, oh, I didn't think I'd like that, but... Yeah, it's being stuck in a, a box room with no windows. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm such an outdoors, yeah. physical, like practical person, so to have actually enjoyed spending time in an editing suite was yeah. quite interesting. I really did enjoy it. Obviously, I enjoy being on course with you and Meg, too. Yeah, thanks, yeah. <laughs> um, um, that's interesting, because you struck me as somebody that I would have thought you wouldn't have liked that side of things, no, but you I, did. No, because I'm at school, uh, the computer would go blank, and I'd be the one with my hand up sort of, and twiddling my thumbs, waiting for the teacher to come and press a button, because i just not into technology like that. And so I was waiting for the computers to go down, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't, and um, I was able to sit in on some of the editing for this race in life, mm. um, and also go on location and film. You so, were in it as well. Yeah. Uh, who's the horse? Got a cameo. Oh, I'm, I don't know to be honest. Oh, this wasn't. A, I'm not this sure was which Richard yard it Phillips's was. yard. Okay. Yeah. Um, what he? Do you know Richard before you no, went to filming? No, my auntie did. Okay. Um, Kay Bliss. She she knew, she knew Richard. Um, and, it's, and he was great. He yeah. was really nice. Well, he was the he, he he came up with the National Racehorse Week idea. I mean, he's a great character, but he's yeah. he's what what an idea that's turned into, Maddie, mm. and it's now really taken off. Well, he said it was a day, and then it's turned into a turned week because there's just week. so much so much to cram in. Um, but it's just so nice to have all the the race um, racing yards opening their doors to people. Yeah. And I think it's it's going to be as popular as ever this year. But I think as well there's more of a community outreach part of it now, which is showing what the racehorse can do. And I'm sure you'll have experience of this. Um, 
for people who, you know, they, they, they took racehorses into uh, care homes. They yeah. were some, some um, children as, as part of, I think, Box for Kids um, charity, where children with, with really bad illnesses came and, and met horses. And the uplift it seemingly mm. gave them straight away um, was, was really noticeable. And that is, I think, something that the sport can really celebrate. Definitely, yes. I think it's, it's wonderful just um, raising awareness for being with animals. They give you so much. Mm. You, you know, I can go down onto the yard and, do, and I do a DIY with my, with my horse, look after him myself, Fabriza, and you can have a pounding headache, you know, you can have no sleep, and you walk in and all goes. It just all goes because you're in a different world and you are looking after a horse and being with them and they give you so much. You, you don't, I don't think people really realise what animals give you. Mm. Are you still riding now, Maddie? Or not? Uh, not as often as I probably do, should. Do, yeah. Do you do you get are you around horses much now, or do you just not have uh, obviously racehorses? Yes, yeah. but not not back at home or on a yard. Well, or anything yeah, like when that. I go home, my family have a few horses, um, so we'll get stuck in there. But just to jump on the back of what you were saying about um, the sort of outside initiatives, I know Racing Together have done some some great work in this area as well, and I think one of the great things from a journalist point of view about the Magnolia Cup is its reach has actually extended beyond, you know, racing mm. for the last couple of years. Um, and the more we can do that and, and broaden racing's appeal and do something a little bit different, I think is great. Obviously, we've all seen how brilliant Khadija Mella's story was um, and how inspiring that was. Um, so I just think it's great that, that we have stories like this to write about and it's something a bit different. Well, I think in particular with Khadija competing in the race, um, Ashley competing in the race, you took the knee as well. Was how, what led to that and did you have any nerves about doing it or did you know that that was exactly what you wanted to do? Uh, it was a vision that I had quite a while before um, and it was a case of I... I got back into racing to be a face in the paddock. Mm -hmm. That's why I was doing a lot of the driving for Neil and to, to get to the races lead up and be that person in the paddock that was different to everybody else pretty much at the time. Um, and I thought, well, what, what can I do that's going to be impactful that will, will impact change? Mm. And no one that I was aware of had taken the knee in racing. So... I thought, why not? And, yeah, there were nerves, but it was something that I was set on from the minute I had the idea. It was... That was what I was going to do. Did you receive any backlash? Not much. Okay. You get the odd comments online, but there, there was a lot of people jumping on the back of those comments in defence, which yeah. was great. Mm -hmm. so. Did you get any feedback from younger people in racing or other people in racing saying, oh, do you know what, I'm really glad you did that or I saw you did that and it made me feel, you know involved or better yeah I, ha I had so many it was quite overwhelming to be honest with how many people sort yeah. of were reaching out and um, I'm now a um, patron for strength and learning through horses as a result as well of the um, the Magnolia Cup so again it's working with people that have not really spent much time around horses doing the equine therapy and then they realize that they might actually like a, a pathway into racing mm. so it's all, it's all just, there's just so much going on right now. Do you feel we're getting there as, I mean, it obviously sounds like you, you felt that black people were underrepresented yeah. at a certain point of the sport. Mm -hmm. I remember after um, Rishi Fasad and, and Josh Appiapi, they, they um, 
they had a, a discussion together which was re released, I think, on Sky Sports Racing. It, it went on to, to social media. And I thought some of the most interesting comments off the back of that were a lot of people saying, but we're so multicultural as a sport. We're so diverse as a sport. Just walk into a racing yard mm. and you will see that. Yeah. But the point you make is fine. Maybe when you walk into a racing yard, you see that. Mm -hmm. But when you go racing and you go into a paddock, it's not we get to a certain level of the sport mm. and it's not so representative. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's like that when you go racing, when you look at the, the crowds, one of the things that I found quite interesting from an editing point of view was finding clips where you have a diverse mm. audience, where you have somebody in a wheelchair, so that it might not um, relate to everybody, but if you're in a wheelchair and you see that, you think, oh, there, there's, that, there's access there, so I could go. If I, mm. if I wasn't aware that I could go before, mm. I now know that a wheelchair's not gonna stop me from going to the races, or you know, somebody, a person of color. There's lots of people of colour going racing, but we're just not getting the images at the moment. Mm. And that, I think, will make a huge difference. Mm. I think, yeah, ho I mean, hopefully the, we're seeing change in recent years. I, I, thi I think it's, you know, we, we've realised, and or the sport seems to have realised that yeah. that's something we can address. Um, and hopefully we're starting to see those changes. Back to the Magnolia Cup this year. Um, What's your sort of overriding feeling about how, how you approach it? Anything different or um, you're just going to get, get on and, and, and enjoy the ride, if you like? Yeah, get on, get into the zone and just ride the best way I can possibly ride. That's what, uh, you know, I want to, want to think about and just, um, just do the best I possibly can, mm. along with all the others. I'm sure they're all going to be feeding. I mean, there's going to be a huge anxiety and nerves and everything at the start. Um, but it will be fine. It will all go. It's a fantastic race. Fantastic. You're back there this year. Uh, not not riding, but you are. You're going to be a good one, aren't you? In a different capacity. Go on. I have two days presenting with Haley Moore. Poor Haley. That'd be, that'd, be, that'd be fantastic. Oh God, she's got a work cut out. But um, yeah, we'll give it a go. It's um, it's something new. It's another challenge and. Yeah, you, it's not in my comfort zone, and, that, and that's where I feel like I, I do best is when I'm not in my comfort zone. So as awkward as it might feel to start with, it's, you know, I don't know, it's, it's another opportunity. Yeah, it'd be great. You'll, you'll, you'll be brilliant. You'll smile through it, and yeah. you'll get to try lots of Whispering Angel and yeah. interview the girls for the Magnolia <laughs> Cup. It'd be great. No, I'm very much looking forward to it. And with the... Um, being in it last year, I didn't appreciate just how much, like how much of a big deal it is. So to to see it from a different point of view this time is just, and to be able to experience it from a different, from a different angle is just wicked.